Hello, greetings. This is Youth Radio 89.9 K1M. I'm your host, Maris Chalant. And I'm Tracy Tram, and we will be your hostesses for tonight's show. Tonight, Arika Lucky will give us uh, highlights of Youth Poetry Slam. And Evan and I went to Barnes & Noble this past week to interview the author Dave Pelzer. He'll tell us about his newest book on youth health. There's a city election for mayor on, of Albuquerque this Tuesday, so we'll be hearing what the three candidates have to say about youth issues. And stay tuned to hear the upcoming events in our youth radio calendar. Starting off, we have Joe with some swell tunes. First off, we have Only Shallow by My Bloody Valentine, contributed to us by Luis. listening to, K- to Youth Radio on KUNM Albuquerque. That was My Bloody Valentine with Only Shadow, Shallow, and now Mars. Alrighty then. Now we have Kyle with an issue we need help with. And you, the listener, can help. Over the past few weeks, the Youth Radio crew has been trying to think of something to call the show. A name that describes the Youth Radio program. We want this name to symbolize what the show means, not only to us, but to the listeners as well. Since our listeners are as much a part of this as we are, we want to know what you think the show should be called. We'd like to ask you to send in ideas for a name for the Youth Radio program. Send your ideas to youthradio at kunm.org. Thanks, Kyle. Just to repeat what he just said, please send your ideas to youthradio at kunm.org. Now we have Tracy Tran. Recently, some of the dopest young poets in the nation came to Albuquerque to compete in the National Poetry Slam. Slamming is a type of performance poetry where the poet's work is judged. But some of the poets who were under 21 were not able to compete with the older crew of competitors. This is a shame because some of the poets at the National Poetry Slam were under 21 and weren't able to showcase their talent. The first two poems by Joe Romero and Emily were performed in the National Poetry Slam. The last three were performed by Cameron, Joe, and Esme at the Winnings Coffee House on the third of Wednesday of every month. Somebody finished this phrase. A picture is worth a thousand words. Well, my words are worth a thousand pictures. Each individual word is like a diary that will stick in you and you will not forget because those wounds will bleed into my pen and my words will be written with the blood of your body so that not only are you my inspiration, but you are part of me and my words. And not only will I hit you with my nouns and verbs, but my Like 
So, last Tuesday morning while eating my Cocoa Krispies and watching CNN foretell the end of civilization, I was pulled from my post-apocalyptic reverie by the sight of a roach crawling on my wall, so I did what any rational, independent woman would do. I freaked out. I mean, I freaked out like that slut and slasher flicks, you know, the one that's broken all the predetermined rules of survival and has just found the decapitated body of her best friend's boyfriend in the trunk of her neon after cheerleading practice? Yeah, I freaked out like that. See, throw all of my neo-feminist convictions out the window, there is one thing that will always remain a man's job. I don't mind bringing home the bacon so long as he's taking out the roaches. See, that's right, I am woman, hear me roar, so long as I don't see two protruding feelers and six legs attached to the three-inch long embodiment of pestilence. That never fails to extract not the roar of self-determination, but rather the high-pitched shriek of feminine terror. But as I cowered like a little bitch in my bathroom with the door closed, something dawned on me. I was bigger than the roach. I was smarter than the roach. I had the ability to squash that f***er like a bug. Literally so, I pulled the towel from underneath the door and emerged a bug-killing superhero. I was the exterminatrix. I arrived on the scene in a puff of rage to rid the world of my evil arch-nemesis. The Roachinator. This was the final showdown, the interspecies title match, fucked by pedalism and opposable thumbs. I was the home team on the Super Bowl of evolution. Screaming girls versus cockroaches. Armed with a copy of Cosmo rolled tightly into an instrument of death, I let out the guttural affirmation of biological superiority. That's right, Roach. You may be able to survive nuclear holocaust, but death comes from above with Lindsay Lohan on the cover. Your tombstone will forever read full fashion focus, best jeans for your hips, button thighs. I squared up like a gunslinger at showdown, clutched my magazine to my hip and watched for any movements that might foretell my adversary's pants. Da-da-da. Tumbleweeds rolled across my living room. Wah, wah, wah. The roach twitches and high up faster than Bruce Lee and Fist of Fury. I swung my magazine like a nunchuck of annihilation and planted it squarely on the roach's ass. I pulled my magazine away victorious and watched as the intruder fell upside down on my overstuffed sofa, his five remaining legs spasming towards the heavens of my vaulted ceiling while his squashed entrails stuck to my wall. A yellow and brown circle of roach guts, and to me, this was beautiful. This was art. This was a testament to modernism, womankind versus nature. And I squash the ass. This is called my odyssey. Will the gods ever deliver me to my eternally awaiting Penelope? Journey to a home I feel I've never seen where I shall reclaim my rightful rank in society. If such a day is to ever arrive for me, if I'm not Icarus flying for vanity vanishing into the soul, ever so slowly. It's a long skip to the sun, just a trip back down the stairs when I'm done. My voyage hardly begun, feels too young to succumb, so I run to stay among until my song has been sung. In my dream I reach out my hand and grab the beach sand of my homeland. Hopeful still, my dream will finish fulfilled, and the ship that I have built beats the water's whirl. Though what hope does one expect from this corrupted and dishonorable world? A world where, a world lost without patience, plagued with murders, wars, and ruined civilizations. Was all this for a beautiful girl? Gray-eyed goddess is a dying only I who assailed soundly by the destructive melodies and survived. 
I must be the only lonely hero decomposing at sea, but persisting on to Ithaca gradually. I strive to drag on alive. My comrades linger in the land of the Lotus Eaters, unaware that they are all too hopelessly helpless. In the great plentiful land of the Greeks, we flaunt to the whole world how we are so openly selfish. I feel that I must tolerate the fate of being a hero true in a world of endless hate. It is to a man wandering for an eternity at sea, searching for his Penelope, that I relate. Thanks. Yeah, I'm cocky because I can be. Tell me, can you understand what I'm saying? Because I keep it real. I don't hide my messages behind my words. If you ask for it, I will give it to you. I slam in despite of my need to be alone, and I remember not all angels are the same. Some have to deliver the bad news. They say before you die, your whole life flashes before your eye, but that's just me showing you what you could have done with your life. That's right. I am one of heaven's sent instruments. I was there when the Greeks tried to get back Helen of Troy, and I was there with Gandhi and Rosa. I was there in 1989. A single man stopped 18 tanks in China. I was there with Cesar and the farm workers. I was there when they gunned down Malcolm, the king, and Biggie. And I was there with, I was there with the court of sisters when they got fired from the Vaughn school system for teaching kids about their history. And unfortunately, I was there when they bombed Hiroshima. But I was there when Bob got first introduced to the Chiba. I, w I was the star our wise men followed to find our savior. And I'm that first twinkle you see in your baby's eye. I once heard that the definition of ugly beauty was news when you wanted to hear it the least but needed to hear it the most. So I guess that makes me ugly beauty. That's I have been the witness of a massacre. Yes, when I arrived on the scene, it was clear there had been a slaughter of nursery rhymes earlier that day. They had used clean surgical tools and electric chairs. They had even gone and shot little Bo Peep and her little Ashi because Ba was a little too foreign for them. I even found out the real story about Humpty Dumpty. You know, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Well, Humpty Dumpty got pushed. Yes, he was sitting on his wall, very merry and very careful, for he was an egg, when suddenly he heard quiet footsteps coming from behind. He tried to turn around, but couldn't do it fast enough because he was afraid of falling, and before he knew it, he was shoved off his beloved wall, falling, falling, and shattering to pieces. If you look closely, right before the king's men came in to do a half-assed job of trying to fix him, you could see words on all the white shell shards. I tried to read what they said, but men in black suits came and swept them up quickly, so I followed them to where they were having their post-massacre celebration. There, they were auctioning off puppets with quicksilver tongues and painted lips that turned up and down at the corners for every occasion. You could make them wrinkle their foreheads or wring their hands on your every whim, and they were even selling words to put into their mouth. There were the real high-dollar ones, like liberation and security, and then there were the ones anyone could buy, the ones that were so desperate to be heard they would sleep with you for a lollipop and a sticker. Words like peace freedom, enemy, and nuclear weapons. People were buying those all over the place. Men in black suits had pockets bulging with them, overflowing onto the floor where they were lost beneath shoes and shuffled around nervously, trying to keep low profiles at this party for criminals. I tried to save all the words. I got down on my knees and pulled them out from underneath people's heels, but most were already torn, barely breathing. Peace and liberty died in my hands, killed by big shiny shoes. These were the pieces of poetry on Humpty Dumpty's shell, the words that fell when that old nursery rhyme was murdered. So now I give these words to you, for there are too many for me. Please take them and glue them back together. Save Humpty Dumpty and all the rest of us, because we are not the king's horses, nor the king's men. Our hands are not tied by any monarch. We can still go free, and we can still say, bah. <laughs> Those are poems by Joe Romero 
Emily, Joe, Cameron, and Esme. A word to all poet, poets, hidden and opened, speak your mind. Let your poetry be heard. Here's Joe with more music. This song you're about to hear is called The Last Song by All American Rejects, contributed to us by Lucia. Bobby B with Stand and Be Counted, and up next is New Year's Resolution by Loot Pack, contributed to us by Mars. by Loot Pack, contributed to us by Mars, and here's Evan. Tracy Tram and I recently interviewed Dave Pelzer, author of A Child Called It, about his latest book, Help Yourself for Teens, real-life advice for real-life challenges. My job is not to give you all the answers. My job, as your counselor, as your teacher, as your uncle, is to help you find the answers. I'll give you the breadcrumbs, but you've got to do this yourself. That's what we do with young adults. We don't raise children. We raise responsible, productive, happy adults. Am I right? Because now you're at the stage of your life. you got to make these decisions. You know what you're going to wear. You know what's expected of you as a young woman, as a young man. Our job is to basically, okay, here's a few more equations. You had basic algebra. Now you're in algebra one, baby. Some of our listeners might ask, you're an adult, or you look like one. Well, and I act, you know, I, at times I do try to act like one. But, you know, again, I feel your pain. I just feel everybody's pain. I like being at the age where I'm 44, and you know I had a real tough time in junior high because I didn't fit in. I didn't talk because my, my mother did not allow me to talk, so when I was in foster care, they thought I had cerebral palsy because I would stutter so badly. I didn't have the clothes. I didn't fit in. And a lot of young adults experience that, and that's okay. You know, in the long run, you kind of know who your friends are. You know who you are on the inside. But basically, I'm 44. Sometimes I act like a little kid. And that's the one thing a lot of my friends at my age forget, is you work hard to have fun. You have children, so you can provide things for them that you didn't have. But at the same time, you kind of want to have a little bit of fun, too. And that's why I think I still work with young adults. I've been doing this for 22 years now. And working with you all keeps me young. Keeps me kind of jiggy with it, if you know what I mean. You know, feeling kind of Dr. Evil there. You know, I'm so jiggy. You know, I'm a hottie but tutti. Okay? You can, I mean, people my age don't do stuff like that. But you laugh. I'm looking into your mind. I'm seeing what you're capable of doing, and it makes me excited. And it's an honor. It really is. How do you know so much 
to, about today's teens that you could write a book about it? Well, I think a lot of it, again, 22 years of experience in juvenile hall, counseling, working uh, with the best people in their field. And a lot of it's just, it's a little bit of luck. I'm taking a chance. I mean, I know, I know for a fact that there's, there's probably tens of twenties of millions of young adults that have read A Child Called It. And the book was not written for them. It was really written for adults. I wrote it as a kid, but then I wrote it for the adult audience, per se. So when young adults read it and they walk away and say, hey, Dave, this book is not about abuse, it's about resilience. I read a child called it and I love my parents more. Or I'm going to study for my test. Or Dave, I'm not going to quit. So when I understand that you can understand the, the, the capacity, the depth of a child called it, then I say, okay, let's give you a few lessons. So if you have low esteem, you don't basically get mad at your parents and do the drugs and alcohol or sleep around and become a bad person. You know, so I'm just trying to qualify my message. Here's what happened to me at your age. Before you make a bad decision, before you fall in that trap, try A, B, C, and D. And a lot of it, understand, I will always tell you the truth. People who are smarter than me sometimes think they have all the answers. The truth is we don't. We don't. I'm saying the same thing in Help Yourself for Teens that our great, 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 great grandparents once said, which still rings true. Everybody has problems. Everybody falls down. But at the end of the day, you get up and you make the most of it. Because your parents, your uncles, your aunts, your teachers, your counselors, God bless them, but they can only help you so far. So all I'm trying to do is give you simple advice. I'm not here to be your best, best friend. I'm here to be a good coach. And sometimes coaches, we got to be hard on you. Why? Because we all expect nothing but greatness from you. That's the truth. And if we're all being hard people because we expect you to do well, to be a doctor, to be a good attorney, to be a good police officer, to be a good commander in the armed forces, I don't think that's a bad thing. Because right now, your generation, and I'll say it here in a little bit, your generation will find the cure for cancer. It will be your generation that will find the cure for AIDS and get Ben Laden and all his crony crones. So our job is to provide all the information you, we can to raise you as best you can so when time for greatness arrives, you will make good decisions. That's my job. Very interesting. That's right. You see, mindless psychology doesn't work anymore. Again, if you can go to the bathroom by yourself, if you can pick up your clothes, if you can brush your teeth, you can make your own decisions, and we expect you to. That's right. Okay, well, I read your book, A Child Called It, and you said that it wasn't written for us uh, younger no. kids, right? Yeah, it was really, if, if there, there's, a, there's Hal Roach, many years ago, a film director named Hal Roach, he did films with Laurel and Hardy, and he also directed something called Little Rascals, about kids born and raised in the Depression era and these crazy adventures they had. He made it for the adults of the 1950s and 60s. The adults got something out of it. says, oh my God, when I was a kid, I remember doing that. I was alfalfa. I was alfalfa. But then kids my age, being raised in the 60s and the early 70s, said, oh my God, that was so cool. So you had that crossover, that duality. My demographic for a child called is like from age 10 to age 88. And again, part, there's parts of the book that have foul language, and it's very graphic. And I had to write it in that fashion, because that's how the character thought, in that mode. That's why I think it's so real. Rather than reporting the abuse, the main part of the story was about that kid that never quit, the resilience. The back matter was the abuse. So therefore, you know, I know a lot of kids read it, and it's, it's, that's why I'm very careful about working with young adults. You said um, this book is like this character, right? Like, um, was this book like about you? Yes, but I only say character because when you write, you know, you have to detach yourself a little bit. It's like you're an artist, you're a director. When you're running, when you're playing sports, you detach yourself because here you are, a nice, quiet little girl, but on the basketball court, you're a monster. You're like, get out, I will get you all, I crush your enemy. You see, so you step out a little bit. 
So, it, and it's hard for me to sit down in front of you young adults, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, the things that you're gonna see in the next 10 to 20 years, you're gonna see people land on Mars in your lifetime. Think about that, you're gonna land on Mars. And to think, if your grandmother has cancer, if we can give her a pill, cancer will dissolve in front of you. <laughs> so it's hard for me to sit down in front of you all and say, that happened to me. Now it did, it happened not a long time ago, of course, you know, 30 something years ago, and that's nothing. I mean, you're gonna take a nap and grow up and you have, you know, gray hair and coming out of your nose and ears and all that stuff, whatever. It happens like that. But it did happen and it's definitely, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's been verified 100,000 times over. But it's hard for me to sometimes realize it was me. Wow. <laughs> I know this is very intense, isn't it? <laughs> so, how many books have you written? Uh, I'm working on book seven now, and the, the latest book just came out this month, uh, book six. And it, the thing is, I'm really not a good writer. Now, I'm saying that, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not a good writer. It takes me four hours to give you one good paragraph. And by that, you know, people in my field, they can just like write like the wind. It just spills out of their mouth. Because I'm very concerned about if a young lady reads this, if an older teenage boy reads this, or a man my age reads it, what is the message I'm trying to tell them? That's really, really, I think what I call pre-production, I'm very slow. But post-production, by the time you get the book, it's a very fast read. And you get the message without me having to bang you on the head. Because my job is this, you have to figure things out for yourself. You, I mean, I have, I have the puzzle in front of you. You've got to put the pieces together. And that's how we teach. Again, very interesting. Like when you came into New Mexico today, is that, is that when you came in today? A few hours Blue ago, in? yes ma'am, yes ma'am. What do you think about New Mexico? It's grown, it's, grown, it's grown a lot. I remember years ago when I was a young man in the armed forces, I had a motorcycle, you know, and I was driving cross country, which was really stupid, you know, kind of Forrest Gump there. And uh, I had problems in Albuquerque, and, and it, there was nothing here in like 1982. 83, there was like nada. There was like a Motel 6, a Super 8, and a Taco Bella, and that was it, baby. And Bubba's, Bubba's pump your own gas for 29 cents a gallon, you know. Now a gallon, and you all just like grown. It's amazing. You know what I like about your town, too? It's so clean. Everything's clean. Really? No trash. Yeah. You, you, you really so? think it's clean? Well, honey, I got glasses. I see everything, okay? I mean, it looks clean to me compared to other cities like New York or Chicago or some of these other places. What I like about it, too, is it has an openness about it. Has a very, it's very natural looking, the, the way the buildings are designed. has a nice, spacious openness about it, rather than the cold concrete of the gray and the metal and all the hustling and bustling of all the honks and the taxis and stuff. I like it. I think it's great. Uh, where do you live right now? Like, I live in the Coachella Valley in Rancho Mirage outside of Palm Springs. So I'm kind of used to this weather. Yeah, we have all the golf courses you can eat. And uh, it's pretty interesting there. A lot, of, a lot of people who are rich and shameless live there. So it's, it's very interesting. You never know who you bump into. I haven't bumped into Sean Penn since I was down in Louisiana for a few weeks, but I'm going to talk to that young rascal when I talk to him. Yeah, Sean uh, Penn was trying to do some rescue efforts in uh, New Orleans, but I don't think he did a very good job. I think it was more for the paparazzi than it was for saving people. But hey, God bless him, eh? All right. Well, All right. until next time, my friends, remember, be good to F with this focus and ask lasagna. Don't get any on you. I'm out. That was Evan and Tracy with Dave Pauzer. And now you're going to hear Mr. Lonely by Akon. Yo, this one here, 
goes out to all my players out there, man. That was Akon, Mr. Lonely, and now is Tracy. There's a city election for mayor of Albuquerque this Tuesday, and now we will be hearing what three of the candidates have to say about youth issues. I wanted to ask the candidates what they intend to do about youth issues in this town, because it seems to me that with the APD party patrol and them cracking down on any cruising and them shutting down all ages events, my friends are saying that when they graduate, they want to leave town. Mayor. Sure. Uh, we have opened up, uh, I believe, two community centers here in the uh, last four years. Uh, we've identified a site downtown for a Warehouse 21 type of format, which they have in Santa Fe, which will be run by teens for teens. Uh, I've, I've been very clear about my opposition to alcohol in the all-age venues, uh, but I was very proud to, to help sponsor three of our uh, uh, bands to South by Southwest in, in Austin. Very proud to help sponsor the National Poetry Slam here in Albuquerque, which an Albuquerque team won. Uh, I mean, can you imagine filling up Kiva Auditorium at the convention center for poetry? I mean, it was it was a sellout. It was it was fabulous. Uh, I'm very proud that that uh, we reinstated uh, athletics in the middle schools, uh, and the idea is to provide as many alternatives as possible uh, because. What, what, is, what intrigues one person doesn't necessarily intrigue another. So you get the full array. Uh, and I'm always open to suggestions how we can do better. I created the Youth Advisory Council, uh, and it's been very helpful to me to have a vehicle not just for uh, them to listen to me. I mean, they hear old people all the time, uh, but for uh, elected officials to listen to young people as well. Thank you. Eric. Um, I... Uh I think we have to really engage youth more positively in this community. Uh, most of what you hear in coming out of city government and has been uh, a new law that's going to essentially criminalize youth behavior, whether it's cruising or uh, you know making youth feel welcome downtown or or uh, making them feel like even if they're being responsible that they, that they're somehow going to be targeted. Um, I propose creating a Department of Youth. It's legislation that's before council right now. Uh, the, the Chavez administration has opposed it. Um, I think it's a good, positive way to say to young people, we want to, we really want you to to be uh, involved before you get in trouble. That's when we start paying attention to you. So it provides for a sports, arts, and music initiative. It provides a director. It says to young people, you you are as important as having a Department of Senior Affairs. We need a Department of Youth to say to you, you're important. How do we how do we start meeting your needs in terms of not just entertainment and music and, and sports, but uh, how do we get you more active in the political process so you can start making changes? You know, young people don't vote a lot, unfortunately. We got to get them to vote more so that elected people pay more attention to them. I paid attention to them as a father and as a as the youngest person in this race, but I think that uh, we have to, we have to get them more involved in the political process so that politicians start paying attention to young people. Brad. You know, I helped start the party patrol, and, and, and we started it. And what has come ab about from that is the education and um, educating our youth on, on what happens with underage drinking. But along with the party patrol and the education part, we've also been doing activities and trying to get activities and trying to partner with Albuquerque Public School so that we can have activities. And it is. It's all about keeping our youth busy, giving them different alternatives. And I think what we need to do in as mayor form a good partnership with Albuquerque Public Schools. We're already working on community schools. We do fund, the city does help funding, and we do 
middle school initiative with them athletics tutoring after school so what we need to do is keep going that way work with the community school concept and make sure that we have alternatives for our kids and we have things for them to do up in my district district four i do not have any community centers so it's going to be very important that we partner with schools where they have um, things that we can get kids to do what you just heard was three of the mayoral candidates Eric Griego, Martin Chavez, and Brad Winter featured last Thursday morning on the KUNM Collins Show speaking on youth issues. Another candidate, David Steele, was not able to attend the KUNM show. And now we have Joe with more tunes. The song you're about to hear is called Tourniquet by Evanescence, given to us by Kyle. This is Youth Radio Weekly Calendar for October 2nd, 2005. I'm Lucia Martinez. And I'm Michael Harley. Everyone's favorite holiday movie, Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, will be showing at the Chemo Theater Saturday, October 8th at 2 p.m. The showing will benefit the Children's Cancer Fund of New Mexico. Blue Dragon Coffee House is hosting an open mic night on Wednesday, October 5th. Sign up at 6.45 till 10 p.m. This is a free all-ages event. The Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta is here from now until Sunday, October 9th. Dawn Patrol, every morning at 5.45 a.m., kicks off a chain of balloon-related events each day. For more information, including a more detailed calendar of fiesta events, go to www.aivf.org. The Humanist Society of New Mexico is seeking entries from 11th and 12th graders covering current topics, including intelligent design, terrorism, and more. For further information, go to... Hum- H-U-M-N-I-S-T-S dot net slash N-M. You have until December 19th to turn in your entry. The Albuquerque Little Theater is holding auditions for Charles Dickinson's classic holiday tale, A Christmas Carol. Auditions are Sunday, October 9th, and Monday, October 10th at 2 p.m. Go to www.albuquerquelittletheater.org for more information. The Albuquerque Youth Orchestra is having a concert. Tuesday, October 4th at 7.30 p.m. at La Cueva High School. It'll feature music from Gabrelli, Bach, and more. Just keep swimming. Just Just keep keep swimming. swimming. Dive into Disney Pixar's newest adventure on ice. Finding Nemo swims into Tingley Coliseum for a 10-day engagement from October 5th through the 15th. Call Ticketmaster at 883-7800 for more information. Mally Finn, the casting company of Titanic and the Matrix, are looking for young boys and girls to star in a movie opposite to Pierce Brosnan and Liam Neeson. The currently unnamed project will be filmed right here in New Mexico. No prior experience is required. For more information, go to sfallsmovie.com. And lastly, there is a native writing contest going on. Judges are looking for poetry, short stories, and essays. All students from kindergarten through 12th grade are eligible to enter. For more information, go to youngauthors.org. Start writing because the deadline is November 25th. Please remember that you can contact contact us at with any events you find for next week calendar by sending um email to kunm.org slash youth radio we take announcements through thursday before our sunday program 
And if you didn't catch the whole calendar, you can go to konm.org, click schedule, and scroll down to Youth Radio to view the full calendar of events. This has been your Youth Radio Weekly Calendar for October 2nd, 2005. I'm Michael Harley. And I'm Lucia Martinez. And now, back to our hosts. And now we're ending the show. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today. And um, our producer is today is Louise Martinez. Wesley Barber is our engineer. I'm your host, Marsh Chillon. And I'm Tracy Tram. The calendar was done by Michael Harley and Lucia Martinez. Joseph Savage was our music director. Our author interview was produced by Evan Molson and Tracy Tram. Avigra Lucky and Kirby Platero produced our Poetry Slam segment. Kyle Ferris did the Name That Show spot. Mina Lee and Felicia Tafoya are also members of the Youth Radio Collective.